0: Welcome to an hour of your life. We are a day late but that's okay. My name is Kim
1: and I am Steve
0: and we are a day late because we got back from vacation last night and we were just a little bit tired and so we we (laughs) were like oh by
1: the time we got everything cleaned up and it was just worn out even the dogs.
0: (laughs) Rupert and Jack just laid down didn't move.
1: They laid down they didn't move.
0: Um so before we get started on the show I do want to give a couple shout outs and a couple thank yous. Uh we went up to uh Maine through New York and Vermont. Um I want to say thank you to the Summit Project. Uh if you have not listened to our special edition, please go check that out. Like Yeah,
1: this is one of our our serious shows. I mean, we have made no secret that what we're doing this is purely for fun, but the
0: uh TSP is is different. Like that's it, it's, not It's it's different. It we were extremely honored to meet and talk with several Gold Star families. So if you haven't listened to it, stop right now. Stop this show. Go listen to that one and then come back.
1: Yeah, that's that's really worthwhile if it, you can go and listen to that.
0: It really is. Um, on the way home, I want to say thank you to the good people of Brattleboro, Vermont. They were very, very kind. Thank you especially to Catherine T. Uh, and Chocolate and Butterscotch okay. at KOA Catherine, Journey.
1: Catherine is who?
0: Catherine is the owner at the KOA journey and we would call Vermont. her the
1: hostess and her husband she is the owner. She's the owner. yeah she, yes they're their hostess she host is and hostesses.
0: very kind and very awesome. I don't know what her husband's name. Every is.
1: every place <laughs> sorry I mean we we were new there and so every place we we you know we ask her like where would be a good place to go out and eat and every place she recommended was absolutely fantastic. The food, everything was great.
0: which brings me to our next shout out to wait a minute, who's tea? T is Rupert's new buddy. She is a an Australian Collie Shepherd. I don't know. She's some kind of herding, cute, fluffy thing.
1: But her and Rupert had a really good time. They,
0: she got Rupert running. So thanks, T. <laughs> and <laughs> then chocolate and and Rupert
1: looks like he's lost five he or ten does. pounds since we got Probably back. Probably
0: T's fault. Yeah. Um. But not, not her fault. No. Thanks, thank you. T. Thank you, T. Uh so um Wait a minute. Well, hold on. So this is all at the KOA Journey in Br- North Brattleboro, Vermont. Uh they have a dog park, which is awesome. So Jack and Rupert could run to their hearts content and Jack made some friends as well. Uh Chocolate and Butterscotch are the two goats that live next <laughs> to the dog park on the property. Um Chocolate was not having it, <laughs> but Butterscotch came out a couple times to say hello and see what well, was Well,
1: this what. was the first time Jack and Rupert had ever seen a goat.
0: Yeah, they've never really been around goats. And Rupert they was were too busy. fascinated
1: by these they goats. They
0: were. Rupert was busy playing with T more often the goats than the goats. could care less. I don't know. Chocolate did not appreciate being barked at, but but mm-hmm. that's all right. Um, yeah. But thank you so much, Catherine and T, for your hospitality, uh, and Catherine's husband, whose name I never got. Sorry. Yep. I'm sure he's a wonderful... Her- a wonderful person,
1: and to all the good people of Brattleboro, Brattleboro Vermont. Yes. Vermont. Okay, so we, we weren't it. there during peak leaf season, but it was absolutely—I mean, the leaves were changing, and it was absolutely beautiful to be there.
0: Yeah, we went up for vacation for our anniversary, um, and one of the places that Catherine recommended was a restaurant called Duo, and I want to give them a shout out for making our anniversary very, very special. Um, it, they were extremely kind and very generous, and uh, I just want to say thank you to them. And, and
1: I'm, you know, I'm going to say this. Being from the Midwest, we had a lot of stereotypes,
0: <laughs> and it's
1: not good to stereotype no, people. But we, we had stereotypes about people from New England, and I will go out here, and I'm going to say it right now, the good people of New England shattered every myth that I had
0: they are not uh, stuffy. They do not keep to themselves. They are very welcoming and very kind and very generous, and we really appreciate I mean, all we, of their hospitality. We make it a
1: point to talk to people as we huh? we're out, and not one person did we run into that everyone that we ran into was warm, friendly, Super engaged nice. in conversation. It was the, the people of New England made this a really. Great trip,
0: um, especially too. Thanks, shout out to Fast Eddie's. Uh-huh. Fast Eddie was a cook in the Navy, oh. Coast Guard. Oh, Coast Guard, sorry. Um, and he took those skills and opened a restaurant, and it is amazing. It's a little kind of hole in the wall diner kind of place with like the biggest cupcakes I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, they they have really good breakfast, really good desserts. Uh, so, if you're ever in Brattleboro, head out to Duo, head out to Fast Eddie's, stop by the KOA and say hi to Catherine and T and, um, you know, just enjoy their hospitality. Okay.
1: So, this is like um, coming back from vacation and showing people your vacation pictures.
0: I know. We're done. That's it. We're done. That's all. Uh, I am really excited. October is my favorite month because it's our anniversary. It's the leaves okay. are changing. That's good. What?
1: The anniversary part.
0: Oh, the leaves changing is not good.
1: No, that's good, but I know what you're.
0: The cooler to. weather and the season of all things spooky. Where's the button? Yeah. Okay. October, I love spooky things.
1: So I like all that good stuff about the month of October. In soup. In soup. <laughs> but uh, I'm not quite into all the the spooky stuff. That Kim is, so if I'm a little bit of a skeptic on this stuff, eh.
0: But, but, because Steve is so gracious, he has agreed to do an entire month devoted to weird and spooky things. So each week we're going to have a different um, weird spooky thing for you. And this week we are going to start out with a, we stopped on our way up to um, Acadia National Park in Maine, we stopped at the International Cryptozoology in Museum in Portland. Um, the International Cryptozoology Museum is... Uh, it doesn't take a long time to go No, through. it was a
1: lot smaller than I
0: thought it would be. It was smaller than I thought it would be. It was very interesting. Um, they they did have a lot of stuff in there, but it was—it's um, they had a lot of stuff. It was crammed together kind of a lot. It's in the back of a restaurant, which is kind of a little weird, but um, but it was good. I'm glad we went. I I had a blast. I loved it. I didn't take anything in there too seriously. So if you if you go in with the mindset of you know just have fun, I yeah, you'll I mean, like it. I think it's fun.
1: They didn't have a really a real stuffed Bigfoot.
0: No, but they have a stuffed Bigfoot. I mean, it, and they have the cutest Mothman I've ever seen. <laughs> but
1: and they had a jackalope.
0: They did have a jackalope. They, I mean had, they had a lot They of actually the- did have some cool stuff. Um, they had they have a Fiji mermaid there that is um, an actual like it's it's a prop from a movie. I think it came out in 1999 called P.T. Barnum. Like it was a it was a feature length film, and it was a prop from the movie. So that was kind of cool. And they had a a fur. <sighs> The actual fake fur bearing trout, if that makes sense. Um, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It obviously was fake, but it was.
1: Uh, it was a well done fake.
0: It was a well done fake. And it's been featured. That particular trout has been featured on Mysteries at the Museum. Like that one in that museum was featured on Mysteries at the Museum. Like it is the actual. Um, Prop. No, it wasn't even a prop. It was like the actual thing that was used to fool a lot of people back in the 20s or whenever it was. So they had some interesting things.
1: Didn't fool me.
0: I, it's very fake. I don't understand <laughs> how anybody could be fooled by it, but some people were. So,
1: yeah.
0: uh, so we're going to talk about cryptids today, um, and so cryptids. Uh, what are okay? I guess first of all, we should talk about what are cryptids. Do you have a definition for him, or do you want me to give the definition? No,
1: you go ahead and give this the definition. This, this is, is your show. I on this love
0: point. this. Um, so cryptids are basically the the study of. You no, know,
1: you know what though? I'm going to say Kim loves this. I do. And so much. I will probably turn out. I'll sound like a little bit of a skeptic, but the things that I'm going to talk about are cryptids that turned out to be real. See. So, so you
0: guys can make fun of me for liking it all you want, but... You no,
1: know, some of them I am going to make fun of you.
0: Well, that's okay. I make fun of some of these too, but um, like the frogmen of Loveland. Anyway, Google it. We're not going to talk about it because it's ridiculous. Anyway, so cryptids are basically... And
1: the Jersey Devil.
0: We are going to talk about the Jersey Devil. Um, cryptids are basically animals that... Why did the printer just start going? Anyway, cryptids are basically animals that have not yet been proven... By science to exist. So people allege to have seen these, but th- nobody has proven their existence yet. The study of cryptids is cryptozoology. So those are the two terms that you need to be familiar with cryptids, the animals, cryptozoology, the study of those animals. And there are, so for our purposes, we're gonna break it down into four different types of cryptids there are aquatic cryptids, ape like cryptids, winged Chris, cryptids, and uh, something that I'm going to call other terrestrial, so um, like the cat and dog cryptids, which are a thing.
1: Okay. All right. Now, again, with, when it comes to cryptids, a lot of this sounds like a lot of baloney and nonsense, but when, when it's my turn to speak, and I kind of take the lead on this show tonight, there were many animals that years ago when i think fell into this category is like ah those things can't exist they and, don't exist but and it
0: will make sense for you to interject sometimes as i'm giving this stuff because some of these things are um all right so let, well, I just, won't
1: i won't interrupt
0: no it's okay it's okay okay payback it's fine i, <laughs> I got you all right so we're going to start with aquatic cryptids um basically like
1: water type yes yes like water Messi pokemon and, uh, those yes guys. yeah okay. exactly
0: interestingly a lot of the aquatic cryptids have like an i.e. ending on their name. So like there's Nessie, um, Bessie, who is at, she's
1: our very own Lake Erie. She
0: is. Bessie is in Lake Erie. Um, champ, Champ, Lake Champlain. Champ, Champ. Champlain. Doesn't have an i.e. It's not Champy. It's just Champ. Um, oh. So but Nessie, Bessie, um, Tal, or is it Tessie? Tal- Tessie?
1: Tessie.
0: Uh, not to what is it? Tacoma Tessie? Tahoe Tessie. Tahoe Tessie. Oh,
1: out in California. In Lake
0: Tahoe. Issy in Japan. Um, Caddy in the Pacific Coast. Addy in Georgia, or Alti in Georgia. So they all have a, like an I-E ending on the end of their name. Is
1: there a reason for that? Or? I don't
0: know. I don't think so. Like I, I mean, I,
1: typically you s- associate I-E with...
0: A girl. Female, yeah. a girl. So, like,
1: I, do they think that, I'm like,
0: guessing that Nessie's it's, a girl? Yeah, I think that I, I think so. I usually Nessie is referred to as a as a female, and I think that the probably Nessie was the first and most famous, and so everybody else just kind of started using that, i.e. Squatch prefix, or Sasquatch. Or you're confusing me. The i.e. suffix for their local lake monster. All right, so the aquatic cryptids have some things in common. They have long necks. Actually, there's kind of two. There's um, the ones that are like Nessie, so like the dinosaur-looking ones with long necks, long tails. Um, They have flippers. Others are more snake-like, and they might have humps on their back, so they're more like sea serpents. Um, Typically, all of the aquatic cryptids are 30 to 60 feet in length. And interestingly, the majority of sightings go back to the 1800s. So, hmm. not a lot of people started seeing these before the 1800s. So, what happened in the 1800s that all of a sudden people started seeing these water cryptids? What do you think?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you
0: what happened in the 1800s. Okay, what happened in the 1800s? In 1821.
1: The printing press or what? <laughs> no. No, that's way before that. Do
0: you know what a plesiosaur is? Yes. What is a plesiosaur?
1: It's kind of like a fish-like dinosaur.
0: Exactly. It, it's like a Brontosaurus, kind of like a like a fish Nessie Brontosaurus. Maybe one. That that's exactly what. Yeah. So the first named plesiosaur species um was in 1821. Put me on the spot. I <laughs> I knew you knew. So, in 1821, uh, they named the the first plesiosaur species. There are multiple species. um, But, and not long after that, miraculously, people started seeing these plesiosaur-like animals all over the place.
1: Now, some of these, I think these could fall in the category that they may be real.
0: Some of them, uh, so the water cryptids kind of remind me of manatees. You know how in back in the olden days when pirates and um, seamen would see manatees? And I don't would, know how
1: they confuse them with a mermaid. They would
0: think that they were mermaids. They would call them mermaids.
1: Must have been at sea a long time. I
0: guess. Um, but so some of the theories are that uh, these animals that people are seeing are actually sturgeon, uh, which is a type of fish that can get up to 15 feet long, which is nowhere near the 30 to 60 foot that people claim to see, but... Um, there is a study that I, uh, it was kind of an informal study that I saw that they basically, um, they did it with Mothman who we're going to talk about later and they had cutouts of Mothman and they put them in different size cutouts. There was like a five foot one, a 10 foot one and a 15 foot one made out of wood and they put them in the woods at different, uh, like
1: distances, different distances. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then they had people drive by, and they didn't tell them that they were there. And they asked people afterwards how big was what you saw, and they were drastically different. Like, they weren't even close. Like, the five-foot one, they said, was, like, eight feet tall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can understand that, and people exaggerate. I mean, if you, someone witnesses a crime or a wreck, you're going to get
0: different. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, so, I can go with that. it
0: could be a sturgeon that is not... It's not a 30-foot-long sturgeon, but your mind well, plays tricks on you. I'd like to catch on that you. one if it <laughs> was. <laughs> I know, right? Your your mind, take me all
1: day to reel that thing in.
0: Your mind plays tricks on you. Yep. Um, they also think that, that, you know, the sea serpents could be some sort of an eel. Uh, so, you know, there's ways to explain, yeah, uh, explain I mean, these away.
1: the depths of our oceans haven't been explored.
0: I mean, if you were to see a goblin shark, if yeah. you... If, you, if someone had explained a goblin shark to you and you had never seen one before, you wouldn't believe in it unless you saw the picture, which is one of the... My, goblin sharks are my favorite. They're horrific looking.
1: I mean, I, I guess this is a good time for me to go ahead and interject right here. Yeah. As far like the kraken. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was the giant squid. Okay, so sailors are kind of known to be superstitious. And it took over 2,000 years from the first reports until a carcass washed ashore in 1870. So and sailors is- had seen these things out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for 2,000 years, they were reporting this. But finally, in 1870, one washed ashore and people were able to study it. And, and you know, they would wash ashore occasionally, but I guess with the type of fleshy or whatever yeah. they are. They would deteriorate really fast, so scientists really couldn't get out and look at the study. It's only been, to study them, it's only been during this century that people were able to get pictures of live ones. But Now that we have the technology, we have these right. submarines and these cameras that can go down deep, we're starting to explore yeah. down deep.
0: And it's a big ocean. I mean, the oceans are huge. So the fact that a giant squid... Washed up from you know the middle of the Pacific Ocean, finally washed up on shore. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I'm sure there's probably not a ton of them. I think
1: uh, also some Japanese. Uh, that may have been the one that uh, Japanese fishermen caught it in their net. Oh wow! And they and they pulled it up, and they were able to preserve it and get it stored, and then zoologists scientists were able. to I wonder to if study that it. one was but,
0: like dying anyway, because if it was, I think that
1: one was actually already dead. Okay, I was. And they, say they pulled it up.
0: As far as I know, giant squids are like deep, deep water. So if it was if it was in shallow enough water that it would get caught in a net, but this is
1: how the mystery starts. Okay, that was supposedly the Kraken, or they had other a lot of um, mythological monsters, the Kraken of uh, Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing out of Greek mythology, just with another name. Yeah, and uh, Caribbean folklore. Oh yeah. So I mean, so this one creature. Yeah. Assuming it's all the same creature, which I guess Probably you know for the purpose bet of this, that it's, a giant it's, it's a safe, Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's that's one of those things that up until eighteen seventy, it was, you know, in that same category as say Sasquatch or Bigfoot. No one had ever really seen it. Right. I mean people claim to have seen it, but until people got their hands on it, it didn't exist.
0: Speaking of Sasquatch and Bigfoot, um, those are our ape like uh Cryptids, they are bipedal, which means they walk standing up. They have they're they're human-like, so they have two legs, two arms, um, thick hair that covers their entire bodies. Uh,
1: oh, I will disagree with that.
0: They are some of the commonly known ones: Bigfoot, Yeti. Uh, Yeti, of course, being the northern cousin of the Bigfoot. Yowie in Australia, the Mongoli- the Mongolan Monster in Arizona, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. They always,
1: always get good names. They
0: do. Yeah. They have way better names than the aquatic ones. Um, the Honey Island Swamp Monster in Louisiana, the Boggy Creek Monster in Arkansas. Uh, bu- I'm probably going to butcher this. The Bar Monsu in the Middle East in Asia and Almas in Asia.
1: Now, they're sighted all over. Let's just talk about North American squatches okay. and Bigfoots. Sasquatch? They have been sighted in a lot of different states. And uh, as I was looking at a map, there have actually been sightings here in, uh, in Ohio, not too far from us. Really? Yes.
0: Not now. near us. They don't generally come into the suburbs, I don't think. But, no,
1: but, I mean, um, near.
0: Yeah. So, Sasquatches are these ape-like cryptids are generally unclothed. Uh, they stand anywhere from five five to ten feet tall, and are often in jungle or heavily wooded areas. However, there is one exception, um, and this one—it's kind of the opposite. They—they they call it the hobbit. Have you heard about this? No. They had it at the Cryptid Museum, and I don't—I don't have the actual name for it, but it's basically like the—it's it, a hobbit, like it's a tiny person, With and big I, feet. No, I don't think so, but they were found, if I'm not, it was either New Guinea or New Zealand, Um, and they were, it was like a tiny Bigfoot, like a smaller version of a human, almost like a dwarf or a hobbit. I mean, they may have bigger feet than like, well, I for mean, their you know size, why I'm like Hobbits. comparatively, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like compared to their body, their feet were a little bit bigger, I think. Um, But they actually have found... Have found bones of these creatures, the small creatures. So,
1: well, right now we're going to do a salute out to Harambe. Okay. <laughs> to Harambe. Because <laughs> what was Harambe? He was a gorilla. He was a gorilla. Do you realize that gorillas have only been recognized up until like, uh, like, oh, gee whiz, uh, 1850. 18- 47 or so. Wow. Or 18, and orangutans were like
0: that too. Yeah. In the fact, d- d- uh, Edgar Allan Poe wrote a book about, or a short story where an orangutan featured in um, as a significant, I won't give the story away, but as a significant uh, figure in the story. And it so it was like in Edgar Allan Poe's time that orangutans were... Um, proven to exist and they were a big deal
1: so it really wasn't until 1902 that
0: wow gorillas were
1: actually recognized okay so the gorilla the uh the hairy wild man of the jungle so basically for centuries local tribes in africa talked about this mysterious creature that they had seen walking through the woods but they didn't identify they just saw these yeah humanoid like Things walking through the woods, and you know they described them, and they were known in their native tongues as wild men, ape men, hairy men, or forest people. And they were always described as enormous, huge, powerful man-like beasts covered in hair. With some traditions calling them fierce, bloodthirsty savages, savages with a penchant for kidnapping people and eating them. So you know, legend and lore comes on. I yeah, mean, I, guess I mean, I've is- never
0: heard of a gorilla kidnapping people and eating it, but
1: well, you know what.
0: I guess if it's a sick gorilla, maybe.
1: Maybe it's just a story they told the kids to keep right? them in close to the campfire. Yeah, there night. you go. But um, And it, the early explorers down in Africa added this mystery and this lore to that. In the 16th century, a British explorer by the name of Andrew Battelle was captured in West Ac- Africa by the Portuguese. And during his capture, he would describe, he, he saw some of these things out there, He some of these things, These he, he described them as man-like apes. And um, he he said they would slink around the jungle, and then some of them would come up and approach the campfire when no one else was around. And so it's reports like this that kept you know a legend and stuff like that going. So we you know we talk about like Bigfoot, yeah. Okay, so no one's ever seen him, but like we're talking 1902, no one had ever really identified a, gor- a gorilla, and yeah. so. The reports, as they were coming back, because of the exaggerations, probably like we just said, you know, kidnapping people and eating people. Right. The reports weren't taken very seriously by the scientific com- community. And they were like fantastic accounts and they would continue into years and stuff like that. But it was just legend and lore and stuff like that. But no one took them serious. I mean, always dismissed as rumor or tribal folklore by scientists and naturalists who were really skeptical. Well, I mean sub- that's kind
0: of their job yeah, is I mean, to until you can prove it. Yeah. Some of the people um so with Bigfoot in particular, with Sasquatch, they think um Sasquatch hunters, which is a thing that exists, uh they think that it might be a a creature known as Gigantopithecus. But Gigantopithecus is um an extinct type of ape or it's thought to be extinct, probably extinct. Well that disappeared about 100,000 years ago. So about the same time human began to spread across the planet.
1: I mean, at least with Bigfoot, Squatch, we do have um, casts of their feet. We do. how real they are, don't know. We do. And as we saw in the Cryptoid Museum, okay, we saw those casts. Yeah. And we also saw hair samples. But some of those hair samples turned out not to be real. And they, you know, now with DNA testing... You know, okay, maybe, maybe not. But yeah. no, I'm not discounting. These are the ones that I can say that Bigfoot, yeah, maybe.
0: Well, maybe and not. If it's Gigantopithecus, I mean, it, uh, Gigantopithecus. They that's a long time, a hundred thousand years to go extinct, and and then people are seeing them again. Like that's a little Giant bit of a squids. stretch. Hundred thousand years though, that's a long time. So, uh, I mean, that hundred thousand years, I don't know. Anyway, um Gigant- Gigantopithecus, bleh, if I can talk. Um they have found some of its fossils. So, but that the, that being said, most of the fossil the Gigantopithecus fossil. So they know that this creature existed. Most of the fossils that they found though have been jawbones and teeth. In fact, I think all of them have been jawbones and teeth. I don't know if they've ever actually found other I think they might have found a full skull. But they, um Did you hear
1: on the news? They're trying to take DNA. Oh, yeah, they're
0: trying to bring a woolly mammoth uh, back. Bring
1: back a woolly uh, mammoth. I, I saw that movie.
0: Yeah, not, not, not a, a good, good idea. idea. Please don't no, do it. No, don't do it. Um, but they think that based on the the teeth and the jaw bones of Gigantopithecus that they found, um, most of its fossils were found in Asia, and uh, they eat primarily bamboo and acidic fruits and they know this because of the wearing of the the way the teeth are worn like their canines are not very sharp um and just i mean you the, you know scientists can tell if it's an herbivore or, or an omnivore or what the, you know or, yeah uh, obviously not a carnivore which is interesting because i always thought of bigfoot as a carnivore or at least an omnivore that eats plants and meat but apparently no and they think that it was um Gigantopithecus had a lot of cavities, so they think that it ate a lot of acidic fruits. But they have they went extinct because of climate change. The Pleistocene era. It the world started warming up when people started migrating across the earth and uh Bigfoot just couldn't keep up. But I guess it's possible that. Maybe Bigfoot couldn't keep up, and instead of going extinct, that Gigantopithecus actually evolved into a gorilla.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the gorilla, and like it wasn't until 1902 that this German explorer, a guy named Captain Robert von Beringi, uh, went on an expedition into Rwanda, which at that time was known as uh, German East Africa. So they went out there and they set up this camp and they're they're out there in the jungle doing all their thing and whatever they're doing. They, actually they were exploring for other things for uh, for Germany. But they saw these um how they what they described is large black monkeys because monkeys were known at the time.
0: Okay. And that's yeah. an accurate description yeah. of a gorilla.
1: But so they spotted these large black monkeys Climbing over a crest on a volcanic ridge, and it scared them. So guess what they did? They shot them. They shot, yeah, they shot at them, and they killed two uh, of them. So these,
0: I mean, I, this salute It makes me salutes to Harambe. Salute to Harambe. That so makes they, me they sad because gorillas are beautiful. Yeah, they're yeah, really they are, majestic they are. creatures. So,
1: so they shot these things, and they fell over this ravine, over <sighs> this cliff, and the it took them like injury. But they wanted to to bring them back because they didn't know what they were. So right. They wanted to study them and whatever. So yeah. it took them a long time working in you know this hot, humid jungle. I bet,
0: because they fell off a cliff.
1: Yeah. and Serves I mean, you right. I mean, they had to use ropes. And the description said it took them five hours, five strenuous hours to bring the carcasses of just one of these things up.
0: So next time you're going to kill a large land beast... Make sure that you do it away from the edge of a cliff that or, you don't have to hoist it up over the cliff again.
1: Yeah, I guess they learned their lesson. Idiots. Didn't they? Yeah, okay. So anyway, they got it back up here and they took it to Berlin. Now, whoo, I bet that thing was smelling by that time oh, they got I'm it back sure, to Berlin. Sure, because Dr- they
0: probably didn't yeah. have like super great preservation. But
1: they, they got it back to Berlin and it was here that now scientists and zoologists were able to document put it into the books, and yeah. and they were able to uh, classify it, and they called it the gorilla. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, what, what can you say? You know, a lot of the things that we're talking about, it wasn't until, picture the world at the time, it wasn't yeah. until Europe was kind of the, when I say the center of, I don't want to say the center of civilization,
0: it was, Europe was the center of power.
1: Is it center of power? It was
0: the center of power. And so, because Europe could go in and colonize these other areas that had previously been uncolonized and didn't necessarily have written communication with. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm looking for.
0: That didn't necessarily have written communication with other white the, settlers. Where, where and were so the on universities?
1: So I mean, there were not yeah. a lot of universities in right. the Congo and they you know they were in Europe and so this is where the scientists and the zoologists were so they got them back they classified them and that's how they got there yeah okay so you know another one of these creatures that was turned out to be true was the okapi now this thing <laughs> lived in central africa and i guess you know the natives they saw them And they really didn't, the the thing about this thing is, is they were uh, really shy. Okay, so really, what's in a copy? It's basically, it looks much like, so here are the reports that are coming back. Right. Back to Europe. Okay, so it's a creature that looks sort of like a zebra or a donkey. So if you look at its butt, it's got stripes like a zebra, Mm -hmm. but the front kind of looks like a donkey.
0: Yep, it's all brown.
1: Yep. Except its butt.
0: It's, br- it's got butt zebra. Is brown and white stripes.
1: Yeah, black and white stripes like a zebra. But you know what its closest relative actually is? What? The giraffe.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So. Because they're much smaller than a giraffe. Yeah. They're it actually was... smaller than a zebra, I think.
1: I, you know what? I just saw pictures.
0: I think Okapis are sm- not like considerably smaller, but they're more dainty than a zebra.
1: Yeah. But it wasn't until 1901 that they were officially observed, described. You know, I don't know if they took a picture of it or whatever, but it, was, it wasn't It was until 1901. And I. It, part of the thing is they're really elusive. They are very solitary. And in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, it's an incredibly dense jungle. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like even the natives vast. weren't seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't even like the natives were seeing these things like a gazelle or something like that. Right. I mean, probably a lion was more uh, common and more seen yeah. than, than these things were. So... Yeah, it, you know it. it you want to see one
0: for yourself? I think a lot of zoos have them. I think they're cool looking. Yeah,
1: they yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: they're. They're. They. They do resemble. It's like a zebra and a. It's like somebody cut a zebra and a horse in half and then s- stuck them together. They're a little yeah. bit smaller than that. But now, uh, so to go from creatures that have been proven to exist to your very favorite. That oh, absolutely- I've got more. Oh, Okay, like right now. No, 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 okay. no, no. no, no. Oh, okay. So to, so we're going to go to a creature that I, I think that you absolutely are 100% positive. Absolutely, there is no way that this creature can exist.
1: The Jersey Devil. The
0: Jersey Devil. We're getting nope. into our winged cryptids now. You, you have a thing against the Jersey Devil.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay for science and things like that. Like I said, Nessie, eh, possible. And Sasquatch, Sasquatch, possible? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm a Jersey little bit Devil, more. Hard I'm, no. I'm a little bit more skeptical on sap, Sasquatch, but the Jersey Devil.
0: Hard ain't, no. Ain't,
1: hard, hard no. Ain't right. happening. No such thing as a Jersey Devil.
0: All right. So for our listeners that don't know about the Jersey Devil, I'm going to tell you the story. I love. I love. I I really like the Jersey Devil. I like the story. You
1: see, this is more folklore. But go ahead. Right.
0: It is. But yeah. it's but the people of New Jersey are making a pretty penny off the Jersey Devil. So um, the legend mm. goes, the legend goes, in 1735 a woman known only as Mother Leeds, uh, who lived in the Pine Barrens, became pregnant for the 13th time. Now, mind you, the Leeds family was not well off. They didn't have a lot of money. The Pine Barrens at the time and maybe even now, I don't know what the Pine Barrens are like now, but um, you it was like kind of Not a lot of money in the Pine Barrens. And her husband was a drunk. They really couldn't afford to have this 13th kid. So one day, Mother Leeds is super frustrated. She throws up her hands to the heavens and cries, let this one be a devil. Why you would put that on yourself beyond me. But that's what she did. She was frustrated. So a couple months later, on a dark and stormy night, A normal baby boy was born, but within minutes, the baby grew and grew. He sprouted horns, talon-like claws, and bat-like wings.
1: Shenanigans.
0: He became covered with hair and feathers. His eyes began to glow red.
1: Shenanigans.
0: He killed his mother first, and then the midwives, and then his siblings, and his father, and then took off up the chimney.
1: Shenanigans.
0: And he wasn't seen again until January of 1909. You're gonna call shenanigans on that one too.
1: Shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: when in January of 1909, strange tracks were found all over. Now, when I say strange tracks, traditionally the Jersey Devil it has like um, like horse feet. I think like it has it has like hooves, uh, and so tracks were found all over. High, like up on roofs. Low on the ground. On roofs. Yes.
1: Okay. You know what I think it is?
0: What do you? Oh, here we go. What is it?
1: Reindeer. I think it's Santa's reindeer.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Jersey Devil is about as far from Santa's reindeer as you can get. But okay, okay, wait.
1: Well, one one second here now. So, Rudolph is he a cryptid?
0: Uh, maybe.
1: Okay, because he's is, a,
0: well, I, because he's a reindeer, but he's a flying reindeer. So, but I guess with the a question, red nose. But the question is.
1: But we've seen pictures because. When you're out driving through the country oh and you see the deer Lord. signs out there, okay, some of them look like regular <gasps> deer, but we have, and you know, we have seen some yes, of them. Deer have, have red noses on the sign, so it's yes. a Rudolph crossing area. Okay, it's got to be real because the state wouldn't put up a sign and waste money right. if it wasn't real. You're
0: you're totally right. Anyway, okay. let's get back to real animals yep. like the Jersey Devil
1: shenanigans.
0: Um. So, um. The, it, And these tracks were seen everywhere. In small towns, they were seen in larger towns. Bloodhounds refused to track these things. Like, they tried to get them to follow the tracks to go hunt, whatever this thing is, and the bloodhounds would not. They, like, freaked out and would not follow it.
1: Maybe they're just lazy like Rupert.
0: Could be. Uh, But it was enough that kids stayed home from school, people didn't go to work.
1: Uh, Wait. (sighs) Kids stayed home from school, so I wonder who's spreading these rumors.
0: Uh, Well, you know. So the And the Jersey Devil is has been fully embraced by the people of New Jersey. Like, there's a hockey team named after him, and there's Jersey Devil merchandise, and all, like, they take this legend very seriously. And it, he's supposed to, I mean, he's a devil. He's the Jersey Devil. He's not the Jersey nice guy. He's the Jersey Devil. So he's supposed to be super scary, but they've kind of managed to turn him into something profitable. So good on you, New Jersey. Uh, The other, there is another winged cryptid um, that I came across that I didn't really look into too much because it was not one that I was real familiar with called the Thunderbirds. Um, And I think they are found in like the southwest United States and they're just really big birds, Hmm. basically.
1: Okay, well, here's another one of those things that people used to think didn't exist, but then they proved it did. It was called... The devil bird, a.k.a. the ulama. So, yeah, so this was a bird that was said to give off human-like shrieks from deep within the jungle. The cries of the bird were believed to be a bad omen and often said it led to death, according to uh, Sri Lankan folklore. But it wasn't until 2001. Hmm. Okay, that is not even... That's recent. That's recent, (laughs) 2001. 2001. That they were able to identify what this creature actually was. What is it? It is a spot-bellied eagle owl.
0: A spot-bellied eagle owl? A spot-bellied
1: owl? eagle owl. and That's, that's not what... very
0: kind to call... Owls are pretty... Owls are cool. Why are you calling it a devil bird, Sri Lanka?
1: Because of the human-like shrieks, and it was associated with a bad uh, omen and death. That's um, why.
0: Well... Oh, well. It's just an owl. I mean... Uh-uh. But but it's
1: one of those creatures yeah? that previously was like, eh, can't be, and now it is.
0: The other winged cryptid that we're going to talk about is a very famous winged cryptid that I'm sure you probably have all heard of. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, the Mothman. The f- <laughs> first sighting of Mothman was on November 12th, 1966 in Clendenin, West Virginia. When? 1966? Yeah. Yeah. Mothman's relatively new, too. Um, He was spotted by a gravedigger who described... He was at the work, so he was digging a grave, which makes it extra creepy. He was described as moving through the trees, and it looked like a brown human being, is the way the gravedigger described it.
1: Was this guy drinking?
0: Probably not. He was on the job. What? No. I... Do you drink and on the job? No, I don't okay, drink on the well job. There you go. I don't make But don't I make imagine if you're a grade digger, you might be digger. drinking on the job. Oh, no. Uh, so, okay. Okay. Even if he was drinking on the job, though, two days, no, three days later, two couples in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, saw Mothman again.
1: There's a lot of blue ribbon in Virgi- West <sighs> Virginia.
0: So we're up to five people within three days' time. They saw, now this one, you remember earlier we talked about Mothman uh, in that kind of study or experiment that was done yeah. where he had different yeah, yeah. sizes. Um, this is what, what sort of inspired that study um, because it's oddly specific. These couples said that they saw, quote, a gray winged creature about six to seven feet tall. With bright red eyes, about six inches apart, a wingspan of ten feet, that wanted to avoid the bright lights of their car at all costs.
1: Okay, now
0: that's a lot of detail for people that are seeing something that they like freaks them out, and and it says that um, they said that the Mothman chased them to the very outskirts of town.
1: Okay, so you know what? On this one, it could be. You know what I'm thinking? You're describing right now. What's that? A heron.
0: Oh, hold hair, on. Hold a, on. Okay. We'll get back to that. So
1: I think it's a case of mistaken identity.
0: Okay. Hold that thought because we'll come back to that. The couple said that uh, they obviously tr- like ran away because they were scared. Um, they said the Mothman flew very fast, like upwards of 100 miles an hour, chased their car. But it was really awkward on the ground. So I guess at some point I got tired of flying and started running on the ground and, and chased them. But it was awkward on the ground.
1: You know what this reminds me of? Was that okay? Remember the parking lot where the Canada goose?
0: Oh, we were walking Lord. out of the parking
1: lot. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know why this goose.
0: It dist- was nesting.
1: Why she decided to lay her eggs in the middle of a parking an island in a parking lot, but she did.
0: Yeah. And Steve was walking past her, and, well, he started to approach, because I guess our car must have been, like, on the other side of the goose. It was the
1: other side of the goose. So
0: Steve started to approach the goose to get to the I was not car. molesting the goose. The goose started hissing at him, like, very loudly, violently hissing at him. And we had to go past the goose.
1: Well, no goose is going to tell me what to do.
0: But instead of giving the goose a wide berth, like, he kept on... Walking towards the goose, I know you had to walk towards the goose to get to the car. Well, yeah, but like, but you I wasn't stepping on her. But you could have gone like a little bit, like backed off a little bit, taken a little bit wider swing around the traffic thing.
1: If I'd have known what was about to happen, I probably would. <laughs> <You> I thought <laughs> you were cho- just going to hiss as you I chose walked by because ain't no goose going to tell me what to do.
0: But but that goose didn't have to tell you what to do because she hissed, and here comes her man. He <laughs> dive bombed Steve. Like out of nowhere, this big old gander can- Canada goose comes A twenty foot of- wingspan,
1: I'm <laughs> telling you, folks. Twenty <laughs> foot wingspan. Out of
0: nowhere, he almost got you.
1: <laughs> I ducked. I was laughing so hard. <laughs>
0: it was. It was really funny. Was. He was not happy that you were messing with his his lady.
1: My life flashed before my eyes uh, right was, then. It was really funny. It, it, it was funny.
0: It was really funny. So, uh, yeah, I'm so I yeah. You're probably right. That's probably exactly what it was like, (laughs) being chased out of town by the Mothman. Over the next year, though, there were more sightings, including two volunteer firefighters. So uh, maybe I put too much stock in volunteer firefighters, but it's not like they're like the crazy people that live on the outskirts of town that smell funny. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're respected individuals.
1: I think it's a case of mistaken identity on this one.
0: There was another guy, though, who said Mothman interfered with his TV reception and took his dog and flew off with it. A chihuahua? Probably. Yeah,
1: he wasn't taking Rupert. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It didn't say what kind of dog it was. He just said Mothman, like, screwed up his reception on his TV and took his dog and flew away.
1: Did he have the dish? <laughs> <A> satellite <laughs> yeah, dish? Because no, if it's that big and it, like, roosted <laughs> right in front of it, it probably did interfere uh, did. Interfered. <laughs>
0: But a year after, this is not funny, about a year after the first sighting, the silver bridge that connected Point Pleasant and Gallup Police collapsed, killing 46 people. And they made a movie about it. Uh, you can go see Mothman yep. Prophecy. I think it's called The Mothman Prophecies. Um, I think it's got Kevin Costner in it, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, 46 people died when this bridge collapsed. And... It, everybody kind of linked it to Mothman because Mothman wasn't really seen in Point Pleasant after that and he had never really been seen before that. So people think that either Mothman was a harbinger of doom who came to destroy the bridge and kill 46 people or Mothman might have been trying to warn the people of Point Pleasant that something was about to happen. Hmm. But he didn't do a very good job of that because the bridge still collapsed. However... Mothman wasn't really seeing Point Pleasant too much after that, which um, there is a statue of Mothman. Is it in Point Pleasant?
1: I I think so. It's in West Virginia. My cousin Bill, uh, who lives in Kentucky, sent us a picture of Mothman. So, Bill, if you're listening, thanks for the uh, the picture of Mothman.
0: Yep. Um, But you know where Mothman has been sighted as recently as 2017 – 55 sightings in 2017 in Chicago.
1: Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that means, as he traveled, it's we a he?
0: R- yes.
1: Okay, as he traveled from?
0: Mothman, not Mothwoman.
1: Point Pleasant, Canada, Canada he, Goose.
0: <laughs> anyway. that he, so he had Man to travel been, pretty
1: close to where we lived then. Yeah,
0: hopefully he was flying because he goes fast.
1: So Faster on his way to air. Chicago, huh? Yeah. So
0: I wonder if Mothman poops like a bird, or does Mothman poop like a human?
1: I don't know. I hadn't thought of that.
0: <laughs> anyway, there is a theoretical explanation, like what you're talking about. Um,
1: so is he going up there to warn, warn Chicago, or uh, is he going to go up there to I don't know, bring some uh, destruction on Chicago? But
0: that was in 2017. So that like a couple years ago. Okay. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? It's Chicago. Lots of bad stuff happens all the time. Um, but the theoretical explanation, uh, sandhill cranes. Aha! Uh-huh. Like what you were saying, herons, sandhill cranes. I, I don't know if those are in West Virginia. That's more of like a southern thing. I thought, but I w- would think maybe they're in West Virginia. That this is, I mean, this is a relatively common thought explanation for Mothman. So there must be at least some in the area. But they, they can stand almost as tall as the average man, and they have bright red flesh around its eyes. So when people say that Mothman has red glowing eyes, which is a common common descriptor.
1: Okay, we're going to have to Google that one.
0: Yeah, it could be. Uh, or, or And they also thought that it could be a disfigured sandhill crane, which could be larger than average, flew weird, walked weird, whatever.
1: Yeah, you know, and like mistaken identity. Yeah. Or a heron.
0: It could be a heron. Herons don't stand that big, I don't think. No, but... Not as tall as the average man. But if it was from a distance and you're freaked out and whatever else, like, I could see maybe you're getting confused.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like the the, the experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So now we're going to talk about some... I'm I'm going to call them cryptids. In my book, these are barely cryptids, if they really are, if it's really fair to call them cryptids. Like what? Um, these are our other terrestrials, cryptid cats and dogs. So, British big cats, and I had never heard of this, but apparently there have been a rash of sightings of huge jungle-like cats seen in England and other parts of Great Britain. They're usually black um, and people say they look like a puma or a black leopard. Okay, I can
1: I can go with it. Right, and that's. I what mean, I think, remember a couple of years ago around the Columbus Zoo?
0: Yeah, there, there, was, there a, was a uh, something that got out. Yeah, there was panther. Something.
1: A, yeah, people kept reporting panther. It made the news, local news, and I think they even had some pictures of it.
0: And there was a puma captured in nineteen eighty in England, and they put it in a zoo, but. This is not just like one or two sightings. These are hundreds of reports every year in England of attacks from humans to pets to wildlife, but none of aside from that one puma and a few lynx which are not native to Britain at all. They they're found in Asia. Like lynx don't belong in England. So, other than that, they've never captured any of these big cats. So, I can understand, like, if it was a zoo cat or whatever that maybe got loose from the zoo, but not hundreds of them.
1: They drink beer in England, too.
0: <sighs> hundreds yeah. of attacks. Lots of attacks.
1: Werewolves.
0: And that's more believable than the big cats?
1: No, I'm just saying in England, that's where we typically associate a werewolf and how We're many not sightings of werewolves? We're Why?
0: Talking
1: no, about I'm just trying to associate, cat. you know, the same thing. It's
0: not the same thing.
1: Werewolf sightings, black cat sightings. Anyway. You know, they could have seen like a little tomcat.
0: No. And exaggerated no. the size. You are not going to exaggerate a tomcat into like a giant puma leopard thing. Mothman,
1: no. the Jersey Devil.
0: Anyway, so I, I could totally get behind these British big cats. I think there might be a species of big cat that uh, previously has not been known in Great Britain, um, but just hasn't been captured yet. And finally, the last uh, quote-unquote cryptid that I've got for tonight um, is actually one of my favorites, the goat sucker, literally. <laughs> yeah, chupacabra, literally translates to goat sucker. Um, the legend actually began in Puerto Rico. Not a lot of people realize that. And then it spread across Central America, South America, and Southern North America. They're usually, chupacabras are usually the size of a small bear. They're always covered in scaly skin. Um, they have a row of spines down their back, and sometimes they have a tail, and sometimes they don't have a tail.
1: Okay. I'm thinking feral dog yeah. with exaggerations. I agree. Kind of like a sandhill crane in <laughs> Mothman
0: i i I tend to agree with this in North America and you can look it up and see pictures of them if you want in North America, there are hairless dogs typically in um like the like the area of Mexico um and uh like southern nor- southern United States um, they're also that are about the size of what people report the chupacabras to be. Uh, It's also thought that they could be coyotes or wolves with mange. Now, if you don't know much about mange, it is caused by a, I think it's a tick that like buries or burrows itself into the animal's skin. It's very painful. The disease of mange is it's often debilitating. Like it causes the dog's fur to fall out, so it might have patchy fur, or if it's really advanced, it might have almost no fur. And it walks funny because it's in pain. Like it acts weird because mange is is not a fun. If if you have it as a pet, it's uh, very treatable. Yeah,
1: for domesticated animals, it's very it's treatable. treatable.
0: But if you're a coyote or a wolf, like nobody's gonna pick those up and take them to the vet. No. And it's so. And goats. The reason why they think that these uh, chupacabra. Okay, you talk
1: about goats. You know what I'm thinking about.
0: Are you, are you thinking about chocolate and butter, butterscotch?
1: Chocolate and butterscotch. Chocolate and
0: butterscotch. Turns, I wonder if they
1: thought Jack and off. Rupert were chupacabras.
0: I don't know. No, they live next to a dog park. Yeah, well. They know what dogs look like.
1: Yeah, so they had a little screen up in front of the... Uh, where the goat pin was. Yeah. And Jack and Rupert running around. And now neither of these dogs have ever seen a goat before.
0: No, but and they ran up
1: and they put their paws up and they were looking over.
0: But you know what? what? Chocolate they, and butterscotch did that to them too. Well, like they, new would, dogs. they would peer up and so they're very used to dogs. They're I'm used sure to dogs. that they didn't think anything of it.
1: Jack and Rupert are not used to goats. No.
0: Um, but so goats though, at, Actually actually chocolate and butterscotch are a perfect examples. They're very docile, goats are. They don't run fast. So if you have a wild dog, coyote, wolf, that has mange and is sick, goats are easy pickings. So why that's probably that's why you know scientists think that they are goat suckers because goats are easy prey. So they're not gonna hunt anything else. So there you go.
1: Well, so is we You know, there. I was about to say as we wrap this up, that part of it right there, because those you kind of, you kind of, you did, you talked about animals or cryptids that are legend or myth. Some of them I think we can explain, Mm -hmm. and like. I think the cats
0: and the chupacabras. That's why I saved them for last because they're kind of explainable.
1: Nessie, I, I think Nessie could be there. Do you know that Loch Ness? Uh, does open up into the ocean.
0: I did not know that it does.
1: And you know, they they just did that a um, couple of years ago. They lined all these boats up across Loch Ness with their sonar, and they went up and down Loch Ness, supposedly trying to cover every square inch of it with their sonar. And they did get um, some unexplainable blips that mm. they that they couldn't couldn't explain. Too big for a fish. Nothing was there, and they sent divers down to look, or cameras, remote cameras, and they, they couldn't find, they couldn't identify anything. But if it opens up, you know, maybe... It be
0: any number of things. Maybe
1: Nessie comes in and goes, you know, as she pleases. Maybe they heads out to the open ocean to do her thing, and then comes back to... Yeah. Um, Could be. You know, it might be like uh, salmon. Maybe that's where they come back to spawn. Spawns. Who knows?
0: How many Nessies are there that they're spawning? Are they creating more Nessies?
1: If they're I spawning, know. I guess they mm-hmm. are. Yeah,
0: I don't anyway. know. Anyway, All right.
1: But then, okay, so we talk, I talked about the Okapa. I talked about the, um, the gorilla, mm-hmm. Salute Harambe. And <laughs> there, there's some other animals that are out there. And now, picture this. So if you are in London and you're in Berlin, someplace like that, at a university and, you know, you're a zoologist or whatever you are, and you hear about a kangaroo...
0: Now, oh, just think about yeah? the
1: description of the kangaroo, and you're going to think, eh, no, that thing doesn't... Well, Australia's got some strange-looking animals. Yeah,
0: Australia. If you want to die by animal, go to Australia.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so it wasn't until... I mean, obviously, the, the, the aboriginals of Australia, they yeah, they, they didn't know. think anything about it, but they didn't have the documentation that they right. did, and then the literature. So now it gets put into the books, the, the college books and all that good stuff. And now it's documented. But the platypus, the duck-billed platypus.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a cryptid for you. Yeah. An egg-laying well,
1: no, mammal? A venomous egg-laying manimal, mammal with the bill of a duck, the feet of an otter, and the tail of a beaver. Right. So it wasn't until 1799 that George Shaw, who was, by the way, a respected English zoologist, was writing in Nature's Miss, oh, Miss Kalenon, whatever it is. Describe, Escaline? No. No. Describe the uh, platypus. When you went, 1799?
0: 1799.
1: He described, I actually
0: am kind of surprised it's not later than that. Nope,
1: 1799. Huh. But he also covered his butt by saying, you know, he, he wrote a very thorough, detailed description of the uh, duck platypus, but then he ended up covering his butt by saying, of course, it might just be a crazy hoax.
0: What? Take a stand, George.
1: Yeah, exactly. George stand up for something right there. Now, his uh, contemporaries at the university, they they weren't so kind with it. They um they, they they laid it off as a forgery made up by Chinese sailors. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay.
0: Proved you wrong, suckers. Yeah. But even then in
1: 1799 when he first wrote about it, now he would like we said he wasn't definite, but um it it wasn't until almost a century later that it was confirmed to exist now wow. a couple other animals okay so like the kangaroo the giant panda was at that. one time considered a cryptid and people didn't believe it actually existed I could see that and the komodo dragon
0: Ugh, that could have stayed a cryptid oh yeah
1: do you know how they kill their prey
0: no. I they just bite it, gross. and
1: then it dies of infection. It, they inject, like, bacteria, and it takes, like, a couple of days for whatever their prey was to die. Ugh. Yeah, so really...
0: Komodo dragons are gross. They're yeah. stinky and blech. Yeah, so, I mean... You can have them back.
1: So there we go. I mean, there, there were plenty of creatures that at one time... There you go. We thought they weren't. Now, I'm, I'm not taking a stand here on... Um, the Jersey Devil.
0: You're I not think, taking a stand? I'm pretty sure that you... No, I, no you I'm i taking a stand. You took a very specific stand, on no, so the Jersey Devil. I,
1: I don't believe the Jersey Devil. But uh, like the Mothman, I think it's...
0: Mistaken identity?
1: Mistaken identity, possibly. Mm-hmm. The Chuka, Chupacabra?
0: Chupacabra, British Big Cats. I think those are absolutely a thing. Um, I mistaken think, identities. I, well, I don't even think it's mistaken yeah. identity. I think it's just people didn't don't know what they are.
1: I think Nessie.
0: Nessie's a possibility. I, I, think,
1: I think Nessie's a possibility. Maybe I just want to believe in it. Yeah. But I think I, I, I think with Loch Ness open in the ocean, with so many creatures out there in the deep blue sea, I think Nessie is a possibility. But yeah. you know, that it, do, it doesn't help when someone, you know, the famous picture we've seen of Nessie, like yeah. from 1930 something. Fake. It was fake. Guy and and they admitted him on it. his deathbed yeah and you know just like the picture of a bigfoot
0: yeah the, that movie that guy that know, was fake, a fake yeah but i do i do believe the bigfoot is a very real possibility
1: yeah, bigfoot maybe mm-hmm. i i just i don't know it's
0: I, I think it's a definite possibility. I mean, there's
1: a, I mean, where we just where there's a lot of remote land. There's a
0: lot of remote land still in America. Like you don't you don't think about it because you hear yeah. about all of the overcrowding and but it, there's a up north there's a lot of open unexplored land. Yeah. Okay. So, all okay. right. So let us know what you think. Uh, send us an email alosthour at gmail dot com. Hit us up on Facebook and on the Instagram. You got anything else?
1: Nope. Again, and we have
0: stickers. If you want one, send me a message. Let me know. Give me your address. We'll send you a sticker.
1: Okay. So from back home into the actual studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio.
0: Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us.